Welcome to I Need a Ruling, a golf podcast. My name is Doug Hoffman, and I am your host. I am the Director of Rules and Competitions for the Minnesota Golf Association, a PGA Master Professional, and Certified Rules Expert, according to the USGA. If this is your first time to listen to I Need a Ruling, I'm glad you found it and hope you find it beneficial and listen to other episodes. The purpose is to take the new and modernized rules of golf that were put into play in 2019 and break them down into simple, easy-to-understand episodes, each lasting no more than 10 minutes. The rules can be difficult and confusing, so my belief is to provide more, shorter episodes as opposed to a longer episode in which you can become confused and overwhelmed and not want to continue your learning experience in the rules. This episode is going to be the first of two rules primer episodes designed to get you ready for the 2020 golf season. For those of you in the Northern Hemisphere and the Northern part of that, you may be enjoying an off-season with your club safely stored in a dark place. Yet many of you may be actively playing in your summer. No worries, all of us can benefit from a brief discussion of the most common rules we should know. In fact, the basis for this series is the USGA's 15 rules every golfer should know. The first two rules we will discuss deal with a ball moving. Now, if you were even somewhat knowledgeable in the rules prior to 2019, you likely knew that if a ball at rest moved, there was not a clear-cut policy to follow as to what to do. Do you play it from where it came to rest? Do you replace it? Why did it move, and is there a penalty? The new rules have made this process much easier. Generally speaking, a ball at rest that moves is played as it lies, if it was moved by natural force such as wind, water, or gravity. Otherwise, a ball is replaced if it was moved by anything else. But be careful, there are exceptions. Let me explain. First, let's talk about a ball that is moved during a surge. The rules want you to play the ball as it lies as much as possible. And the rules want you to play the original ball. Thus, if you hit the ball into an area where a search is necessary, and it moves during the search by any person, including you, you must replace the ball on the original spot. There is no penalty to anyone for causing the ball to move. To replace the ball, you are allowed, in fact, you must use a hand to place the ball back on the spot from which it was moved. It is likely that you do not know that spot. So you will estimate the spot. Remember that the spot also includes a vertical component. So if it were buried under a clump of grass, then the ball must be placed back under that clump of grass. Next, let's talk about a ball that is moved on the putting green. There are two possible scenarios. A ball moved by natural forces, again, wind, water, or gravity, and a ball moved by something else. Unfortunately, this is where it gets confusing, and knowledge of the rules is critical. Let's say you have hit your ball onto the putting green, but before you get there, a gust of wind blows the ball into a bunker or into a penalty area. Is that fair? It was at rest. Unfortunately, while it might seem unfair, the proper procedure is for you to play it as it lies, meaning in the bunker or penalty area. But before you scream bloody murder at this, the reverse also is true. What if your ball was blown closer to the hole or even into the hole? Should you be expected to put it back? Of course not. You are mandated to play it as it lies, be it closer to the hole or in the hole. In the last case, you would be treated as having holed out with your previous stroke. So what if you are on the green and have marked, lifted, and replaced your ball? 
Remember when I said the situation can get confusing? Well, here we go. In this specific case, since you have put your hand on the ball, even if you did not pick it up but simply rotated it, the rules say the ball now owns that spot. That is, you will play your next stroke from that spot, no matter if it moves and for any reason. If you accidentally strike your ball while making a practice stroke, replace the ball. Another player accidentally kicks your ball, replace the ball. A dog runs out, picks up the ball, and runs off with it. You replace with another ball. A gust of wind blows the ball into an adjacent bunker. You replace the ball. In all of these cases, there is no penalty to you or the person who accidentally moved it. One final note on this, and I hope you caught it. If you accidentally move your ball when it is in play and on the putting green, you are not penalized. However, you must replace the ball. If you fail to do so, you will incur a penalty for having played from the wrong place. Since we are on the subject of the putting green, let's look at three rules that changed last year. At least one should be very familiar with you, the ability to putt with the flag stick in the hole. It has been interesting to see how players have dealt with this. It seems most have no issue with leaving the flag stick in the hole for the longer putts, say over 20 or 25 feet. And most will take it out for putts inside 10 feet, aside from Adam Scott, that is. It is in the in-between distance that creates uncertainty. Interestingly, the governing bodies felt this will help speed up the game since a player could simply putt no matter the distance or the threat of the ball hitting the flag stick. And generally speaking, that was the case. Others felt it would slow it down because the flag stick will have to be taken in and out and then replaced and finally taken out again within the groups. This may have happened early in 2019 until a group became accustomed to who wanted what and players realized there wasn't much difference despite what everybody had said. I think many of us had situations where there was an advantage and others in which we were hurt because of the flag stick. I will say watching Tiger putt with the flag stick in the hole was interesting to see. The next rule also deals with the flag stick in some regard. It is the rule that now allows someone to actually touch the putting green to point out a line for putting. As a tournament official, I always was wary of the player who went to the midpoint of a putt and made practice strokes, knowing full well that he could not touch the line. Now my time can be spent worrying about other things. Not only may the player touch the line, but the partner and or caddy may as well, be it with the flagstick, club, finger, or anything else. And speaking about touching the line of putt, we are now allowed to repair almost all damage beyond a ball mark or old hole plug. We may repair spike marks, animal damage, damage caused by a person dragging their feet, a hole made by an embedded rock or acorn, and anything else other than the natural wear of the hole, maybe the result of a person getting the ball from the hole with a flag stick in it, natural surface imperfections, damage caused by irrigation, rain, or other natural forces, and normal maintenance practices. Last for this episode, I want to mention two relaxations of the rules in what used to be called hazards. First, the term hazard is old school. They no longer exist. However, the two areas that made up the term haven't gone away. Both bunkers and penalty areas, formerly water hazards, still are very much part of the game and our courses. But now we get to do more things without penalty. 
First, in both areas, we are allowed to remove loose impediments. That stone lying adjacent to your ball, the stick behind your ball, the leaf covering your ball, all now may be moved without penalty, as long as you don't cause your ball to move. But this is where the similarities stop. The differences are significant, so it is important to understand these to avoid incurring an inadvertent breach. In penalty areas, you are now permitted to ground your club, not only touching the grass and ground, but also the water, prior to the stroke and during the backswing. And you are allowed to make a practice swing, also touching the grass, ground, and water. But in a bunker, you are not allowed to touch the sand immediately in front of or behind the ball, whether you are preparing to make the stroke or in the process of making a backswing nor are you allowed to touch the sand anywhere to test the condition or in making a practice swing. Despite these prohibitions, you are allowed to lean on a club or touch the sand as long as you are not testing it. For example, to pick up a club or even to rake part of the bunker as a means for caring for the course, as long as you do not improve your area of play. That concludes this episode of I Need a Ruling, a golf podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope this has helped your understanding of some of the basic and more common rules. Stay tuned for part two to this series. You can find I Need a Ruling on many of your favorite podcast host sites, such as Anchor FM, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and others. Please follow me on Twitter at Doug Hoffman 4 and Facebook at I Need a Ruling, where you will get updates on future episodes. Until the next time, play well and have fun.